Good morning on this Wednesday morning. Welcome to our devotional Golden Nugget, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. Yesterday we had left off uh, talking about how the priest and the high priest, he would enter into the Holy of Holies once a year to sprinkle the blood, the five different uh, types of sacrifices that God asked that they were to do. Uh, sin offering, trespass offering. They were to bring a peace offering, a meal offering. And they were to bring a whole burnt offering, depending on what type of sin they had committed. So they were to help minister to the people on the behalf of God for whatever they had done so that they, or or minister uh, on behalf of the people to God for the things that they had done. And of course, the high priest once a year. So they were responsible, and the responsibility was actually pretty great because it involved people uh, receiving the atonement, the covering of their sins, even though their guilt remained as far as their conscience was concerned. Now, we are responsible in the New Testament as ministers of Christ or as priests. When I use the word minister, I'm talking about as servants. We are to serve our Lord, serve our Master. Every single believer in Christ Jesus is a servant, so we can say all of us are ministers. We take the word minister and uh, dedicate that word usually to those that just preach the gospel or those that are involved in some type of full-time ministry. But in all reality, we are all ministers. We are to minister on His behalf here on earth. We represent His body. His physical body is up in heaven. But His body also is here on earth in the sense that we represent the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the very Spirit of Christ uh, in us. So we are to minister. We have a message to minister. I remember growing up back in the 60s uh, when I was in school, and it was popular back then for them to say, uh, we need to teach you the the R's or the three R's of of, uh, education, which was uh, uh, arithmetic, writing, and reading. That's basically how they said it. Well, in our Christian walk, As Christians, there are four R's that we have to keep in mind every time that we're going to minister to people, every time we're going to help them out. And these four R's are found in the New Testament. They're very simple, and uh, they actually are uh, rather interesting in the way that they're, they're set up. We have repentance, remission, resurrection, and return. And this is how we can actually outline them. Repentance is the preaching to help people hear and listen and change their mind concerning what they think about God or man or sin or the devil or hell or whatever. And for them to turn from a wrong way of believing, a wrong way of thinking, a wrong way of acting, and turning to and away from that and turning to or returning to God's way. So we can say return, uh, repentance is a returning back to God and a turning away from sin. Fallen man has actually, actually uh, in his condition, 
found himself in that way. He has turned away from God. He needs to turn to God. Also in his thinking, he has uh, uh, rejected everything that is God, good, or uh, from God's word. And he needs to return back to that. He needs to turn away from evil, from sin, from wickedness, uh, from wrongdoing. Repentance has to do with not just the mind, but the actions that the body takes concerning uh, what it has believed. It's not just a saying with the mouth, I am sorry, or feeling emotionally sorry, or a regret of some sort, but it involves completely turning away from one thing and returning back to another. In this case, returning back to God, turning to Him or returning to Him because all of us were as sheep strayed away from Him. Uh, sin had caused us to be away from God completely, and we needed to return back to uh, kind of like the story of uh, Luke chapter 15, the prodigal son. After having been away for for so long, he comes to his senses and he recognizes, wait a minute, uh, uh, I need to go back to where I was before. So that, that was part of uh, the message that was preached by the apostles. That is part of what Jesus told them, that they needed to go and preach. And then along with repentance also went remission of sins or the forgiveness of sins, telling people that the sacrifice of Jesus on the Christ, uh, on the cross and the blood that he shed is more than sufficient to take care of the sin problem of the past. It's more than sufficient to take care of the guilt problem uh, in the present, more than sufficient, the blood, to transform and change the thought patterns and the actions of an individual, his behavior here on earth. But it's not enough. They did not stop with just the preaching of the repentance and remission of sins. They were to preach the resurrection of Christ. That it is that not only was he put to death on the cross and shed his blood and that he was buried, but that on the third day he rose again. He resurrected with a glorified body, a body that is no longer susceptible or affected by time, is not affected by uh, corruption, is not affected by disease, is not affected by any of these things. Now, why is this important? Because we are going to also be part of that resurrection where we as believers will receive a glorified body also. So in each of these four R's that I am mentioning, we find the kernel or the nugget, uh, let's say the seed of the entire gospel, because from there you can go from one thing to another. So the resurrection of Christ involves him sending the Holy Spirit so that he, he, the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, could come and indwell our very lives, our very hearts, our very uh, uh, present time that we live in. When Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit, he talked about him as a person, as someone that was going to come, and he was going to take the place of Jesus here on this earth, for the purpose of fulfilling and finishing the work that had been started 
by Jesus in uh in in our in in our state of being in which we find ourselves so Jesus talked about when the comforter is come he said he wouldn't leave us comfortless but he would send uh, another and when the holy spirit would come he would lead us he would teach us uh, all these things that are necessary concerning the christian walk the christian life and uh, as i said Jesus talked about the holy spirit in a very personal way he identified him as a person not as an it the holy spirit is essential in the life of the believer today we cannot uh leave him out uh uh Jesus said in John 16:7 nevertheless i tell you the truth that it is expedient for you that i go away for if i go not away the comforter will not come unto you but if i depart i will send him notice he uses the word him not it i will send him unto you and then of course if you continue uh uh reading and studying the scripture on this it says however john 16:13 when he there it is again that personal pronoun when he the spirit of truth is come he there it is again that personal pronoun he will guide you into all truth for he there it is again shall not speak of himself personal pronoun again he and himself but whosoever whatsoever he there it is again he shall hear that shall he speak and he will show you things to come you find these personal pronouns of he and himself in just that one single verse if i'm not mistaken and have counted them correctly there are seven of them seven times in one single verse does jesus use the word uh he concerning the holy spirit in the following verse in john 16:14 he shall glorify me for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you so when we talk about and when we mention in the scripture the resurrection of jesus it also includes him sending the holy spirit and then the last uh, of the four r's there is the return the return of christ he said he would come back again in fact the angels there in the book of acts they spoke unto the disciples and they told them in acts 1:11 which also said these are the angels ye men of galilee why stand you gazing up into heaven this same jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven so jesus is going to return so if we take those four simple little things those four r's we find the gospel in a nugget or we find uh like a walnut or a uh let's say an almond the entire shell encapsulates the meat 
of the entire gospel. And as the seed grows, then along with it, we begin to see the fruit that will come from it. So, when Peter preaches his first message, his first message are, when they ask him, what shall we do? Repent. That was the very first thing that he said. Jesus told him in Luke, in chapter 24, verse 45 and 46, it says, Then opened he their understanding, that they might understand the scripture. And that's what he has to do every single time that we come to Christ uh, for the first time. And from then on, he begins through the work of the Holy Spirit to open our understanding. It says, And he said unto them, Thus it is written, and it behooved Christ, that he should suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day. There's the resurrection. There's also his death, his burial. And verse uh, 47, And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. The remission of sins has to do with our forgiveness, our salvation, our being born again. Our repentance has to do turning away from sin, returning or turning back to God. And then it says, you are witnesses. Remember, the, the Jesus was the faithful witness be, before uh, Pilate. And now we are witnesses or to be witnesses before the world concerning these four R's that I have just mentioned. And you are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued uh, with power from on high. In 1 Corinthians 15.3 it says, For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that was he was buried and he rose again the third day, according to the scripture. So we have the death, the the death of Jesus and the burial. So we have his atoning blood uh, shed for us so that people can hear the message and repent and receive the remission of their sins. And then we have the resurrection of Christ on the third day. And then, of course, later on in the writings of the book of uh, uh, 1 Corinthians, uh, we especially in chapter 15, uh, he talks about being raised together with him uh, in a glorified body. Now, in the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 23, it says, Him being determined by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by wicked hands and have crucified and slain. Verse 24, Whom God has raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden by it. Verse 30, Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, talking about David, he would raise up Christ to sit up on his throne. There's the resurrection again. He, seeing this before, spoke of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul should was uh, his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. This Jesus has God raised up, whereof we are witnesses. Verse thirty-seven, Acts two thirty-seven. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart, and they said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? 
And Peter said unto them, Repent, be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. There we have it. It's quite a nugget. We've run out of time, but join us tomorrow. We'll continue along these lines. But until then, the Lord richly and fully bless you. In Jesus' name, amen.